This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hail Cheaters, and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? I'm doing all right, Josh, but I have this thirst. Uh, we got a, a, a fresh batch of, of uh, beer that was brewed by Stephen Toomey, our listener. It is within your possession. You're holding it hostage in your apartment. The, the, uh, Stephen dubbed it the Two Cheaters Ale. It is an IPA brewed especially for the host of the Always Cheating Podcast. I wanted to do a taste test on this yeah. week's episode, so I need to connect with you and get Steven's special brew I so know, we can do a live taste test uh, we, here on the that podcast. That was the plan. I actually, yeah, it's, blame the Super Bowl. It threw me off a little bit or something, but I, it's weird how even though we live two miles away because it's Brooklyn, it's like we might as well live like 90 minutes from each other. Like it's so, the distance feels so epic, you know, especially in the winter. But yes, yes we, we will do a live taste test. I next week's podcast that is a solemn always cheating promise i'm going to also my promise to steven because i like his uh 30 second beer reviews on his mm-hmm. twitter feed sixth goal uh, if you want a good follow up for beer and fpl i'm gonna do a 30 that. second beer review of the two cheaters ale on the hail cheaters twitter feed wow that's that's fantastic good good on you brandon brandon we are in the middle i guess we're not quite in the middle we're nearing the end of game week 25 we're uh one fixture to go. Ten, yeah, we're 10 elevenths of the way through the game week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it has been a crazy one, you know? I mean, you and yeah. I have not. So we have a kind of an unwritten rule, which is that if, if one person's having a, you know, a really good game week and another person isn't, we just don't talk to each other, right? We just no. sort of like pretend we don't pretend. I pretend I never met you, you know? Like if I'm having <laughs> a good game week, never a bad one. If we were at like a dinner party that was hosted, it was just the four of us. I would only talk to your wife at that dinner party. I wouldn't sure. even talk to you because yeah. you need to wait till that game week is complete. So I am – you and I have not talked about this game week at all to each other. It, Correct. You know, it was completely fresh. 
Um, and I will say, even, even, you know, even yeah. though we spent Saturday morning at the Black Horse watching <laughs> matches, we still somehow managed to dance around what was happening in front of our faces. That's true. Although the, it was a delicate, I mean, that was like, that was like the, the app, the, you know, hors d'oeuvres of game week 25. <laughs> true. You know? That's true. The that's real, true. The real entree was, was the next day. Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, crazy, crazy game week. I mean, I, I actually don't think your game week was that bad, which we'll get to in a minute. Um, you know, but crazy game week. Obviously, a lot of people uh, are very frustrated right now. A lot of uh, people, you know, triple captained uh, Leroy Sané, who has not played mm-hmm. a minute yet of this game week. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are praying that Leroy Sané never sets foot on the pitch. Uh, on Wednesday, but that that there's just there's just no way, right? There's I no think way there he are, in, on the streets of Manchester. There are just windowless, uh, scuzzy windowless vans patrolling, looking for Leroy, <laughs> and they're going to just pull him off the street and kidnap him for uh, the next yeah. few days. They need to protect him. They need to protect him in one of those Mister Belvedere jars, right? You know, like <laughs> yes. they, he needs to be a kept Brock safe. Tune in a esque uh, safe, yes. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, yeah, let's let's get let's get right into it. I, I guess actually, there's an opening question here that I think can can start start the set the table a little bit. Uh, it's from uh, FPL royalty. He says, and I, I didn't confirm that, Brian. I don't know what his lineage is. I don't know if he he's not is. a landed gentry of any kind. Well, we just don't know, do we? Okay. Uh, he says he or she says. Has this first double game week, regardless of size, altered how you may think about others in the future? I'll put that question to you, Brandon. How does it change your thoughts on double game weeks? <laughs> I think it's hard to separate this double game week from the phenomenon that is Pep Guardiola's Manchester City. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we, we haven't gotten to our game weeks yet, but you uh, captained Aguero. And mm-hmm. you will have a second bite of the cherry. On possibly. You're, you're, you po- possi- possibly. I, Captain Leroy Sané, I will also have a second bite of the cherry, even though it was a, a colossal failure. I was even uh, at the end of the Arsenal game, I was praying that Leroy would come on for just a minute cameo <laughs> because that's two points. And sure. two points after yeah. uh, seeing Aguero score his hat trick did, did feel like um, it, it felt like it would help a little bit. Uh, but I do take comfort, a small comfort, knowing that I do get a second go around with this Manchester City side. So I, I guess has this changed how I feel about double game weeks going forward? No. And I can uh, know in that double game weeks are always going to be a mixed bag. And, and, and in some ways, your your game week, I mean, I guess we can just talk about your game week quickly. You're You're on, is it 59 points right now? Yeah, I'm on 59 with uh, Sané and Aguero and Laporte to play. I have no okay. Everton players. Yeah, so not not bad. Three players and a captain in in theory still to play. Um, you know, uh, I mean, I you know, honestly, the, the Aguero you brought in Aguero, which is big. You brought in Laporte, which was it worked out reasonably well. Uh, didn't work out well in game week 24, but it worked out well this game week so far. Yeah, I dropped Doherty for Laporte, so it's a net loss there. Uh, the fact that Laporte got that assist is a is a huge uh, swing for me. And then, uh, you know, the other issue is. Uh, Hazard out for Sané. I want to yeah. talk more about that move in the next section of okay. the podcast. Okay. Uh, yeah. So uh, let's ha- put a pin in that. Yeah. So we're just to talk briefly. We've got um, we've got a a big lightning round to come later. I have an incredible stat to share. That's a big teaser for you. I'm going to put it right at the top of the lightning round. Okay. Mm, big big stat, stat coming up, Brandon. 
Okay. Uh, or a big, uh, maybe I should call it a collection of data. You know, is that is that is that always a stat? <laughs> is, that, is that necessarily the same thing? I'm not sure. But the we're gonna, we're gonna have a, a kind of a special section, the the talk people off the ledge section coming up in a minute here. Um, a lot there's there's a lot of rants, and we're just gonna let we're gonna we're gonna let the air out of the balloon a little bit, Brandon, in a good way, right? We're, I don't Absolutely. want this thing to pop. I feel like the <laughs> FPL season is a balloon that has been overfilled, and a lot of people are set to like explode. We're gonna. I'm we're thinking gonna more of a uh, a boil that needs lancing, as my analogy. But I'm uh, thinking more you know. of a Hindenburg. I think the season is getting is approaching <laughs> Hindenburg levels for some people. Oh, the uh, humanity! That's yeah. what a lot of people were saying with that city lineup. <laughs> so um, I am on 79 points, and my sort of I I'm honestly I'm having like kind of a charmed season. You know, I mean, not only am I am I making the right, and, I, and again, I know this is I don't mean to brag even it's just like it's a fact like i'm I'm getting very lucky and i'm you're on fire I'm, I'm, dude you're yeah, you're on I'm, absolute fire yeah i really i really am everything is clicking right now it's a great feeling i mean because god knows i have seen both sides of it you know and i've had bad years and good years and this is just so i'm just i'm just really enjoying it <laughs> and um and there's no there's no point in pretending otherwise you know it's awesome it, for me personally <laughs> um and you know um I, I mean i feel apologetic about it because like i don't want to sound like i'm bragging or whatever but, like it's just i'm having a very good season i'm up to tw- uh, 2478 overall um a captain aguero this game week um, you know, just, I had like a lot of, I have a very template team in some ways, but Captain Aguero was really, um, what, what put me over the edge. And I think what's, what's really helped is not only have I picked the right people, but all of the other people that you could have are not delivering, you know, like even if Salah had like gone off today, that would have been yeah. bad. Or, you yeah. know, if, um, obviously if Sané had had a huge match, um, on Sunday or, you know, all of these sort of players that I, you know, that I could have had, um, or, even, even uh, Zard, say, uh, Josh King, another shout to Steven Toomey. Sorry, yeah, Josh King, or even even someone like Hazard, who would have been highly captained, you know, um, most people didn't captain him because they captained a double game week player, or a lot of people sold him over the game week. So, um, so I mean, you know, some of that is I think I think it's I'm picking the right players, but I think a lot of it is luck, and there's no point in just ride it out. And this is a game of luck. You like we're not on the pitch, we're not playing these games ourselves. Like it's going to take some luck to have a good season. So yeah, right. um, you know. So anyway, um, so that's. Like but to answer Royalty's question, uh, yeah. the double game week, I, I don't see any reason this double game week that we need to shift our thinking about how to approach them going forward. No, so kind of. Talk- would you would you say this is yeah. kind of what we expected? I mean, it, it's un, it's unfair to say that given what has happened with Leroy Sané, but in terms of just there were points over here and no points over here. That's kind of what you expect from a double game week. Yeah, exactly. At the start of last week's podcast, I talked about how much I love double game weeks because of how swingy they are. And even when they don't work out in my favor, I just I just like I like the diversity because I, I don't like when everybody has the same team, everybody picks the same captain. I just think it's I just think it's boring, you know. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I mean, so it's been exciting. And by the way, just a quick shout out to our boy Rahul Jimenez, right? I mean, what a legend. He is turning. Is, is he the Mexican Jamie Vardy? Is, is, are we uh, getting it, to that point with him? Nine goals a, and seven assists. A, maybe more of a Mexican. Uh, yeah, let's go with Vardy. He started the season at five point five million. It looks like he's probably going to finish in something like sixteen goals and eleven assists, like mm-hmm. a, a Riyad Mahrez level season. It's it's absolutely incredible how how good he is. 
just how well he seems to fit in that team. Uh, all right, Brandon. So uh, as I mentioned before, we are going to uh, get into our FPL deep thoughts. Uh, we're going to deflate the Hindenburg. Uh, however, I just want to – I feel like we need like a real piece of FPL strategy at the start of the podcast. Okay. Uh, and a lot of people asked a lot of the same questions. So if, you're, if your question is not on the podcast, uh, it's probably because somebody else has, had asked one that was a little too similar. But Matt Seward says – what should the Aguero hokey cokey owners do? Keep him this week and then go to ABBA for game week 27, but risk missing out on that tasty Huddersfield matchup? Or do you transfer out the hat trick hero this week as Man City are facing Chelsea? Brandon, are you transferring out the hat trick hero? Yeah, so we titled this section Asked and Answered because I think it's pretty straightforward for me. The hat trick mm-hmm. hero uh, is out. And Mm -hmm. Alba is straight in for that Huddersfield fixture. Of course, Aguero likely to start against Chelsea. Uh, It's it's just going to be a harder one to predict. And uh, the blank in 27, Aguero just feels like he's not a problem that needs to be solved. But what the odds of it it, at the very least being a wash between Aguero and Aubameyang are very high. Mm -hmm. I'd say they're higher that Aubameyang can outscore Aguero given recent, I mean, more midterm results from Aguero. So I'm feeling Aubameyang in game week 26. I feel like it's straightforward for me. I completely agree. Um, so that's kind of why I'm glad we did it at the start of the podcast. We no need to spend 20 minutes on it. We both agree. <laughs> Just yep. drop Aguero, bring Aubameyang back in. Uh, Aubameyang is, it has three incredible fixtures in a row. Um, just just get him in now. I mean, Aguero is about to play Man City. That's going to be a, or about to play Chelsea. That's a tough match. He has a blank in game with 27. Um, I mean, Aubameyang's price is, you know, his price is going to shoot right up um, yeah. going into game week 27 in particular. So yep. just get on him early. I mean, Huddersfield just got annihilated by Chelsea. They are absolutely going down this season. They have really nothing to play for. Um, and I saw I saw a comment from uh, Unai Emery was basically like, we need to pour it on in this Huddersfield match because these are the matches we absolutely need to win. So, I mean, mm-hmm. they're going to be going for it in that game. Um, so, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, the question to me is whether you captain Salah at home to Bournemouth yes. um, or a bombing going to Huddersfield. And that is a really tricky one. Probably okay, a coin yeah. flip right now. Maybe we should talk about that a little bit more at the end of the podcast with our Game sure. Week 26 but just quote preview. Gun, gun, on your bus team right now, who is your captain? Aubameyang. Okay. I actually don't have Aubameyang back in yet, but yes. I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> if he was in my team... You know, oh, I don't know. I I think Aubameyang too, to be honest. Uh, mostly because of because of Liverpool's form, but uh-huh. uh, and Bournemouth's defense has been a little bit better recently too. So I, I'm kind of inclined to go with Aubameyang myself. He just yeah, destroys the, bad teams. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, the question will be what to do in game week 20 and nine. Arsenal have two tough fixtures with Spurs and then Manchester United, uh, and then there are some tastier options in terms of. Uh, maybe bringing Aguero back in. So, uh, but yes, we've, 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 the question has been asked and we've answered it. That is correct. Um, all right. So we'll, uh, let's, let's move on to, uh, well, let's do a couple quick, quick uh, Patreon thank yous, Brandon. We have a new Volkswagen patron, Andy Penn. Thank you, Andy. Two new Lord Sirloth patrons, Joe Laurentino and Oli Blenskog. Thank you to Joe and Oli. Uh, three, no, six new Embakani patrons, uh, Nick Reed, Sam Rossiter, Matt Marks, David Coles, uh, Petrus DeJong, and Darcy O'Shaughnessy. 
Great you took name. those three uh, Ambikani patrons and you captained them to double their points. And now we have six. <laughs> well played. That's just smart FPL management, Josh. Yeah. So uh, Patreon, for those of you who don't know, it's just a way for you to support what Josh and I do here at the Always Cheating Podcast. You can go to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash always cheating. There are various levels of support. You get cool stuff in return. In addition, we have started, we have launched a new series of exclusive podcasts called the Kitchen Table Sessions. They're Q&A pods where we answer the questions of our Patreon supporters and give you a little look behind the scenes of what we're doing with our individual teams. Uh, and there's a special exclusive feed there. So uh, lots that we offer our Patreon supporters, including our, our Slack channel as well. So go to patreon.com slash always cheating for more. Exactly. The most basic level, it's uh, it's exclusive podcast feed and, and Patreon Slack. And then as you go up from there, you get other features like T-shirts and stuff like that. Uh, all right, Brandon, let's get right into uh, our deep thoughts. All right. Okay. Uh, why don't you read? I've got one, two, three. I've got seven rants here i want you to just read them seven straight through okay let's just let's just rip this band-aid off okay so here we go uh this is the sound of all the air leaving the balloon take a deep breath we're gonna let it all out our first rant comes from eric freeman uh he's written this in some sort of html code it says fpl uh carrot rant i hate aguero and rant so uh next one comes from richard saunders irving can we ever trust the bald fraud pep? Evan Estes says, I don't understand how I can have the same players as everyone else and still get a red arrow. I was asking mm-hmm. myself the very same question, Evan. Uh, next rant comes from FPL Crate Digger. Why do we put ourselves through this torture? Next rant, Andrew Ferber. How to cope with another butchered chip. Lots of people out there spending a... Uh, Triple captain chip on Leroy Sané. The story has not fully been written as of this podcasting. Uh, we were hanging out with our friend Trevor at the Black Horse on Saturday who played his free hit chip. Disastrous, uh, sadly. Yeah. <laughs> Gilfy, that chip has Gilfy's blood all over it. <laughs> uh, next friend, desperately seeking Dusan. My main question, special shout out for that name. What a legendary name. My main question is why Pep Guardiola deliberately set out to undermine my FPL team. Why? Uh, it is really intense. Pep's involvement in desperately seeking Dusan's uh, FPL team. But that's, it feels that's, it feels personal, doesn't it? With yeah, with Pep and Dusan. It's, yeah, it's too yeah. bad. Yeah, so there's a history there that we don't quite know about. <laughs> Next rant comes from Story's Sean. not been written for those those two either. I not imagine. at all. Not not even by uh, not even close. Next rant, Sean McCall. Simple question: Why am I so stupid? Research some pretty stats. Tell the whole world community Sane risks minutes. Hazard is due a haul. Then bow to public pressure for a minus four hit and captain Sane fifteen minutes before the deadline against all possible logic. Wow. Um, <laughs> were you part of this public pressure, Brandon? Were you, were you poking Sean? Poking yeah, him? I left him a few voicemails. Uh, <laughs> Sean, that was me breathing heavily and just going, Sonny. <laughs> um, I, uh, I, I will come back to this the point that Sean brings up. Uh, but the last rant here that uh, I think we can use as a springboard into our own discussion, Josh, comes from FPL Mayor Tom Campbell. Have either of you guys come close to quitting the game? What advice would you give somebody who's thinking of canning it? Now, Tom's question actually really cut to the bone for me because uh, we know Tom, and he is a very um, even-keeled, good-natured, smart, handsome person. Yes. 
I he's maybe the mayor. Tom, he is the mayor. Maybe Tom is asking for a friend, and that's just how good a guy he, he is. He is asking for a friend. Yes, you didn't read the whole thread, but yeah. So <laughs> as, as you can see, the point here is is there there's a lot of anger and frustration in the FPL community, especially those that really. Um, tried to play Sané uh, in a major way in this double game week. Have you ever gotten to the point where it, it, the emotion was so bad or so great that you thought you would quit the game, Josh? Uh, no, uh, because I, I, in my experience, I, you know, I think the, the what, what's hard for a lot of people is when you are having a really good season and everything starts to fall apart, and you the, it's the recalibrating expectations that is really tough. Um, I have found that even in my worst seasons, I've had something that I decided to play for, you know, some goal that I set for myself, and um, and I it's not that I'm even necessarily a positive person, but I I'm not sure that I am, but I am a very competitive person, and. Quitting is not part of being competitive, in my opinion. That's just like taking your ball and going home. And, um, you know, I mean, last year was like this, right? I mean, I was like, you know, I top 18, I was around 18,000 in the world or something like that around the holidays. And I slipped to like 700,000, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, it was like an unbelievable collapse. Um, and just everything went wrong for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. And I talked about in the pocket, you can go back and listen. And it was, it was awful. And, um, but then, you know, it, it doesn't last, I, I, you know, and then I just, my new goals were like, all right, I want to get into the head to head league. I want to crack the top 100 K. Um, I don't know if you were, have you really, really thought about quitting your, yourself, Brennan? No, I, I haven't. There have been moments where I kind of ask myself, why do I take it so as seriously as I do? Mm-hmm. Um, Oh yeah, but, that's, I, that would, that's a different question. Yeah, I, I think it is, <laughs> and that's why I want to put it put it aside. But I feel like I say this a lot on the podcast, where I firmly believe that FPL is an added value to being just a general fan of mm-hmm. the Premier League and football. So if you if you find that FPL is just ruining your ability to enjoy watching uh, your your team or uh, just watching the matches then it's it's a problem but uh you taught you you brought this up when we were chatting about the running order this idea of of personal philosophy and really holding yeah. on to a personal philosophy philosophy when you're playing the fpl game there's yeah. a certain there's a certain amount of trust and i want to go back to sean mccall's point about how he was on hazard and he uh, he bowed to peer pressure and moved Hazard to Sané, and I I did the same. I did the same thing. I don't I don't know if I bowed to. Well, I definitely didn't bow to public pressure because um, you Hazard, better know one, Brandon. I, I, yes, absolutely not. Uh, I'm my own god. Um, five five games with no goal, and we all knew what was going to happen in that Huddersfield match, but the just the. I guess the cold, the cold, calculated way in which you play FPL is you had to play that double game week, and I knew the risks involved moving Hazard to Sane. And when I was sitting with you in the Black Horse, watching Hazard score his brace, and that was the brace that bookended the five game weeks in which I had Hazard. So mm-hmm. that's a brace before so, I brought him in. Uh, no goals for five matches. I move him out, and then another brace. 
Mm-hmm. It, you asked me if it stung and, and, you know, in those situations you can pretend to be macho and say like, no, I'm not bothered by this, but mm-hmm. I genuinely wasn't because I took heart in the fact that that was the right decision for the way I wanted to play the game week. And I want to play the FPL now and moving forward, even when it, he scored that second goal. Well, I mean, obviously you want to have those points, but the the whole, the whole point is this is, this this is it. This is real life, man. Uh, people who you don't have on your FPL team are going to score goals. And yeah, yeah, I okay. I I I agree. I understand exactly what you're saying. And uh, I I actually think this is. I think you're. I think you're right because I was sort of thinking about two different kinds of managers that I know. Um, and and I, I I'm actually sort of moving slightly towards one kind than the other. Um, so there's, um, but I think it's 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 I think it's fine no matter which approach you have. Um, but I think it, it it does as you said it makes sense to have some kind of rationale for the decisions you're making. You know I don't know if you need to have like a a philosophy necessarily, but I do think it's useful if you can. So um, the two people I'm thinking of one is Peter Blake, who a lot of people will know from Twitter or from a website called Mathematically Safe. Um, where he talks about uh, stats and, you know, really it, it, like a lot, like many managers do, he uses stats, statistics, you know, underlying stats, which is, you know, just, we can get into all of those. We've talked about all those the stats. You podcast, can't see Josh. They're hiding the stats, the mesodosal stats uh, and uses them to um, make his decisions. And he's sort of good with what happens as a result. I mean, obviously you can get frustrated when you make, when you pick somebody based on stats and it doesn't work out. But he kind of knows at the end of the day that he has an approach and he's making decisions based on that approach and he stays consistent with it. And as long as he stays consistent, he, he's not going to get too high or low, you know, because he sort of knows what, where he's, do, you know, what he's doing. Um, and the other kind of manager is my friend Danny Bean, who, who is also your friend, who I our watch friend. games with. Our friend, Danny Bean, our mutual friend, Danny Bean, uh, our Dickensian friend. Um, we saw him uh, on, I saw him on Tuesday. We watched matches together, and he is very much in the. I'm just going to have fun. I'm going to pick people I want to pick. Like I, you know, I I don't want to bring in Bobby Angle. I want to bring in Lacazette, and that's what I'm going to do. And his approach is just like I am playing to have fun. And yes. fun for me is not paying attention to what people do and just doing whatever I want to do. And I don't care if I fail. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And so I think that is like the other way to do it. Um, and and then I, I think most of us are kind of in between a little bit. Um, but what I have found is that this year I have started to move sort of away from the stats a little bit, at least, and more towards that kind of approach of just I want to bring in who I want to bring in. You know, I want to transfer who I want to transfer in. And you know, I, I mean, it could just be that I'm getting lucky. You know, I'm sure that's a, I'm sure that's part of it. But it feels like I'm just trusting myself a little more, like trusting my instincts, not listening to the community as often, even though I find it very useful and very helpful in, in guiding my decisions. Um, but I do think that there is like it's very frustrating when you feel like you're you're not making a decision that you that you made yourself, but you're listening to the fantasy football scout you know, comment section or Twitter or Slack or whatever, you know, and you feel like I didn't really want to do that. And I got talked into it. And I feel like I'm not letting that happen to my team anymore. And Mm -hmm. I'm enjoying fantasy a lot more because I feel like even when things don't go well, I feel like I made the decision myself, Yeah, you know, and I, so, I mean, yeah, I I don't know. I don't know if you agree with that. I do. I, I totally agree with it. You made me think of something with regard to the FPL online community or social media 
community, which we generally have great experiences with. But a lot of yeah. people talk about the groupthink that exists within the FPL social community. And maybe you you feel like you get swayed to make one decision versus you're, you're saying making a decision that you actually want to make. And I'm not sure if that is a bigger problem than the FPL community promoting this idea of this is what the benchmark score is for this week. And if you're mm. below this benchmark score or if you didn't have this particular player that a large part of the community is celebrating, then you've played yeah. it badly. And yeah. um, maybe maybe that is where some of the emotion comes into it is when you kind of look at everyone around you and you're like, oh, this that looks fun. Like they're doing better than I am. What did I do that was wrong? And the belief that you did something wrong as opposed to the understanding that you you just made the decision that you chose to make and and that's good that's yeah. okay you, you, yeah, you have free will yeah it's funny it's almost like uh, i know like a bunch of people did the um the fbl generous one those did the match of the day challenge last week where they just like didn't watch football for uh for a day sounds I miserable like need, yeah i know that's what the fa cup is for uh i feel like that's that's what the um like there should be like a personal team challenge or something like that where like for the whole weekend you don't reveal your team going into that game week you don't post your score you don't post how things are going <laughs> and it's like it's not until monday that you actually reveal how you did you know and i wonder if people would actually feel happier if like they genuinely didn't know who anybody's team was or this feels very twitter specific what we're talking about but i feel like this is probably true anyway you can know, you imagine like, if we did um like match of the day but for an entire season and uh <laughs> for i mean obviously that wouldn't work you couldn't really manage a team if you had no idea what the results were but it, it, stay with me imagine mm-hmm. if we did this podcast for an entire season and we never revealed how we were doing <laughs> like even to each other it not was even to each like... other and then at the end of the season it was like revealing who wins the oscar for best picture it's like and i, I finished wonder, in 20 be... 23,000 <laughs> i wonder if you'd have any inkling of how things were going you know it'd be, if we just never talked about our teams that would be it, like it'd be amazing like yeah like who finished higher like it'd be like we'd have to like like send out like a a poll or something like all right you've listened to 40 podcasts this year who did better josh or brandon yeah all right, so um, we let a little bit of air out of the balloon, or I mean, you're, right. to use your your uh, your um, Hindenburg example, we exploded mm-hmm. a balloon. You don't need right. to feel any better because you're doing great. I personally am feeling a little better. I'm feeling a little more empowered. I hope I hope people listening do too. Yeah, what does this have to do with signing out playing in this game week? Um, I've kind of forgot. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I guess it's basically that like if you brought in Sané and you felt like it was like you made that decision yourself, then there's nothing to feel bad about because you were sort of working within your philosophy or your approach. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, I mean, just sometimes that's going to happen. You know, sometimes your player is going to score an own goal. Sometimes they're not going to start. Sometimes they're going to pull up injured in the eighth minute. Like it just sucks. And, and then you just have to move on. Right. And yes. just and keep a positive attitude. Yep. Yep. Exactly. I think we solved that problem. Okay. So yeah, no one is allowed to feel bad anymore about this. <laughs> <laughs> Real talk though. Like how did Sané not start? Isn't yeah, this the whole I, reason why he comes off at the 70th minute in every match? Well, I, I think, I don't think it was about rest. I think it was about sending him a message. Um, I know that there's like this talk that I've, I've heard about Sané where it's like, he is, he's like the same, 
like whether they win a match or lose a match, like that he's kind of like he maybe doesn't like burn the way Pep does, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and maybe nobody does. Um, but there's kind of like a feeling that maybe he was like he needs to occasionally get sort of a kick off the backside, you know, yeah. to like sort of um, motivate him again. Well, what um, do you I, expect? A guy, a guy who has a tattoo of himself scoring a goal in a match that he lost. <laughs> guys like that don't yeah. burn for anything. Yeah, I mean, he's a great player. I mean, you know, he scored the game-winning goal in the Man City-Liverpool game. So, I mean, you know, clearly when properly motivated, he is brilliant and, and can play at his, at the highest level in the highest matches. But, um, you know, I guess everyone's capable of, like, just a dip in concentration. And I think that's I think that's what happened there. I mean, because he didn't play at all in the League Cup semifinal or the FA Cup match. And he was clearly getting rested for these fixtures. And I, I just wonder if there was a feeling that, like, he needed to – like sort of get pushed like you need like you need to be working a little bit harder maybe defensively or something i mean you know it's not like pep comes out and says this stuff so we all just have to kind of guess but i i think that's probably what it was i will tell you this come wednesday night against everton leroy sane will burn he will burn like you've never seen before and wow. i don't know what the most number of goals ever scored in a premier league match is mm-hmm. is it uh, by by a single player but he will break yeah. this record how many did yakubu score that one time 12 4 5 <laughs> so he's going to go dark. you think he's going full dark phoenix in this game then yeah he will be uh just physically unrecognizable after this match he will take on a whole new form that is not a human form he's going to eat a planet this is amazing all right he, well he, I'm, he, I'm looking he, forward to it he may turn into uh the goodison park cat <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, uh, I, I, you know, I don't know. I, I was going to say I hope he plays. I don't really care. I'd be happy if he didn't play. Actually, I, I mean, what do I want? What do I secretly want if I'm like just being honest here? Um, I guess I want to come on for like one minute in the 90th minute. I mean, why lie, right? But, um, you know, I can understand why a lot of people are like really frustrated right now. And uh, it does suck. I, I know that it sucks. You suck. <laughs> Josh, our good friends at Starting Eleven have an app. It is an app through which you can play live Premier League Fantasy for free. Or, Mm -hmm. if you're like you, Josh, you can play for Mm -hmm. cash prizes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's daily fantasy. Mm -hmm. So every every day in which there are two or more Premier League matches, you can pick your best 11 with no budgetary restrictions. You can challenge your friends for free or you can join mini leagues, set up your own mini league or join some cash games that day and play for money. The starting 11 is available for your iOS. That's an iPhone, Joshua. You can play Mm -hmm. cash games in the uk us canada or germany on your iphone if you have an android device cash games are also live in the uk or just pick up the app for your android device and play for free wherever you are so when leroy sane goes home to germany Uh fire that game up start playing right there absolutely i mean you know i'm sure leroy doesn't doesn't make a fair wage playing for manchester city maybe he needs right. the extra cash maybe he should yep, exactly. he should challenge his friends to a, a starting 11 game or here's the thing leroy he's got his favorite bar there in like freiburg wherever it is that he's from you can mm-hmm. go to the bar and starting 11 can geo target that that match anybody who is playing starting 11 who is 
a pitch length or closer to you, you can find them using the app and challenge them to a match. You can play with all the people in in the pub at once, which Such is a which cool. Is that's a really cool new feature. That's that's awesome. Yeah. So go to the uh, Apple Store or the Google Play Store to download the Starting Eleven app, or just visit starting11.io for more details. They have helpful video tutorials there on how to get the most out of the app. Listen, Josh, we we play FPL. We are big fans of the Premier League. There are plenty of ways to gamble out there, but uh, be smart. Don't gamble on something you don't understand. Participate in a game that you do. All right, Brandon, we're back, and it is the lightning round. It's a good lightning round today. I'm excited about this lightning round, especially, Brandon, because I have my little stat here, my little data collection, okay? <laughs> is this going to take 30 seconds or less, your incredible stat? Because this is this is our SOP for lightning round, 30 seconds or less per question. Oh, we, yeah, we've never broken this rule, and, and I, I would not be the fr- – Brandon, this is an important rule. Our listeners demand a 30-second or less answer, and I will not let them down, nor have I ever. At this point in the podcast, people have like five minutes left of their uh, morning commute. So I think, right, we've got, exactly. I think we've got this, Josh. Right, exactly. They, they've just gone through Victoria Station or something, and uh, now they're— Bank? I don't know. <laughs> I, I like I, I ran out of station names. I remember. Okay. We were, so we were in London in October, and we were meeting our friend Tom Cantle from Who Got the Assist, and he says, "Just meet me at Bank." And I was like, "What is this? Meet at Bank? There's just a <laughs> bank with no article in front of it." So I had the message, yeah. and I was like, "What is Bank?" It's like, oh, it's, "It's a really big tube station." All right, Brandon. This the question comes from Moshi Davidovich. Says, "Who has a worse defense, the French army in World War II or Fulham?" But I'm Says, Good isn't one. it best to always captain a player playing Huddersfield or Fulham till the end of the year? All right, Brandon. So just out of curiosity, and I went back and looked. And Brandon, if you go back the last 10 game weeks, starting in game week 25 and going back to game week 16, okay. if you had captained a player against one of these two teams, you would have had double figure returns in every single one of those matches. Wow. All right. Okay. Yeah. Hazard, 15 points, game week 25. Uh, Aubameyang and and uh, Glenn Murray tied for twelve points in twenty four. Go on, Salah with Salah with fifteen in game week twenty three. Your boy Jeff Hendrick with eleven in game week twenty two. I'm a huge. I could have had more, fan. but there were two 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 Fulham own goals in that match. Mm-hmm. Uh, Son with thirteen in game week twenty one. Jonas Lossel with eleven in game week <laughs> twenty. That is a, a true finger in the eye of the Fulham mm-hmm. defense there when the I thought goalkeeper I was have to go, is. <laughs> I thought I was going to have to go nine out of ten on that one, and then I looked and I was like, oh, Lossel wow. came through. Wow. Okay. Uh, yeah. Roman Sice with ten in game week nineteen. Your boy. No idea who that is, but he's Wolverhampton, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Pogba <laughs> with thirteen in game week eighteen. And Jerry D with 13 in game week 17, and then Marcus Rashford with 14 in game week 16. So obviously not everyone has all of those players, but Brandon, maybe this is the right approach. I mean, if you can get a double-figure return every single time you captain a player, uh, that seems like the way to go. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that one. I mean, most just posing the comparison of the Fulham D to the French army in World War II made me believe that well, first of all, Claudio Ranieri being Italian is a whole other ball of wax. But um, mm-hmm. I believe in this example, he is the Vichy government, and he's come in to uh, pose incredibly ineffective, limp uh, puppet uh, leadership <laughs> at Fulham. It's funny. I was going to make a Vichy joke about uh, Camara, but uh, you know, it works either way. You know, so 
Okay. <laughs> we'll just we'll let the, we'll let the people wonder what that joke might have been. All right. Well, All right. Next question comes from stat, Josh. I love that thank stat. You, truly. Thank you. Uh, next question comes from FPL Palmoni. We have, we have some new questioners in this in this slide. You remember, Brandon? Welcome, Palmoni. Says what? Says what is the game plan for game week twenty seven? I have eight players across City, Man United, Liverpool, which means they're either playing or they're they're either blank or playing each other. Is there a winning strategy to be had without throwing off other weeks? So just as a refresher, Brandon, we've got a a game week twenty seven. We have four teams that aren't playing: Brighton, Chelsea, Everton, and Man City. Yeah. Now most people have somewhere between th- like at least three, I would say, from those four teams. I think that's a pretty standard. Yep. Um, number. Yep. Three to five, let's say. Um, so. Yeah, and, I mean, and also the yeah. the other the other thing that Palmoni, Palmoni throws in here is that Liverpool and Manchester United play each other. The right. question there being, do they do the attacking assets cancel each other out? Yeah, I mean, I think that or question dampen, we can dampen just, their dampen. I their, think that question we can just brush aside. I, I don't, I don't think they do. Um, I mean, it maybe makes me less inclined to. Honestly, even I don't know, maybe less inclined to Captain Salah. You know, way to way to Man United. That's probably a. Uh, a game week where you can captain uh, Bamiang at home to Southampton. Yep. Um, but you know, I just think I, I would play all of those players, including all of your defenders. Maybe maybe you wouldn't play Man United defender, but I would certainly play Robertson in a match like that. Yeah. And um, I agree. Yeah, you, that, you let it yeah. ride. You let it ride with yeah. Liverpool and Manchester United. No yeah. question. Um, the the you know would you um, wild card going into game week twenty seven? That's an interesting question. I mean, it depends on how many players you want from. From Chelsea, you know, you know, from Ch- I mean, honestly, you could, you know, if you, if your team was just a disaster and you were like, I'm only going to be able to field five people this game week or seven or something like that, then sure, that's fine. I mean, because I, you know, you can wildcard a team that doesn't have Brighton, Everton, Chelsea, Man City, and and kind of slowly get those players back in, or maybe you maybe you wildcard and you keep, you know, one Chelsea or one one Man City player, probably. Or more like a Man City player, um, you know, just keep them on the bench for one game week, and then just play, you know, a different combination of players. What about um, this instead of a, instead of a wild card? What about a free hit chip? So you can hang on to your Man City and Chelsea assets. You mm-hmm. can skirt around the Manchester United Liverpool game or play that match, you know, to your liking. But you can yeah. also, going back to your crazy stat, Josh, you can load <laughs> up on West Ham, who yeah. uh, who play host Fulham at the London Stadium in 27. Mm-hmm. You, yep. you can do all sorts of things and then bounce back in game week 28 with all these studs from Manchester City and Chelsea. Yeah, that's 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 true. I mean, I feel like if I was free hitting, I'd want to load up on like players from good teams. You know, like, I mean, it's like a free hit where I just load up on like Watford players who are playing you know, uh, Cardiff and, and West Ham. I don't know. Just like, it feels like I like those, those teams just aren't good enough for me to get enough points to justify mm-hmm. the free hit. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, if I don't, you know, like in, in this particular case, if you don't have like eight players, then yeah, I think that's, that's a reasonable move. But, um, I think in general, like for me, I have four players right now. I'm probably going to drop, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm you know, drop Aguero for Bobby Yanks, then I'll be left with three. Um, I'll make one more move before game week 27, uh, and then I'll just bench. Ooh, yeah, secret the, the, move. Yeah, to be determined. Uh, possibly, I, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about Colossnik still. We'll see. Mm-hmm. 
but uh, possibly Clay. The problem is they play Spurs and Man United like just two games after this good run. So yeah, eh, I don't know. Yeah, so um, to be determined. Move in gaming twenty seven, but I'll, I'll just I'll just leave two players at the bench. I'm not going to burn points or anything. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I think I'm going to resolve. Uh, yeah, like you, Aguero to Aubameyang for game week twenty six. Laporte is not going to be in my team going into 27 so i'll then just have leroy sane and if that's your only issue i have no problem benching sane for game week 27 just to bring him back in 28 yep agreed all right that's at 29 seconds let's move on uh fpl llama says the wonderful son he's carrying spurs the bins. so he has a lot of of sun questions brandon mm-hmm. uh must own status until kane returns what do you think about the wonderful son uh, I like Sun. I think he is not a player that I must have, but he is a player that I want to have. So, um, and yeah, a lot of my tinkering this week has been how am I two to three moves away from bringing in Sun for a player like uh, Ryan Fraser? So he's part of right. my he's part of my midterm planning. I I it's kind of a miracle honestly uh that son has been as productive as he has since coming back for the asian cup and mm. you look at spurs and you know i i really like son as somebody who can play off of somebody like harry kane uh in that he has an active offense around him um can son continue to carry spurs all on his own that's the worry but so far it's it's two goals and two since his return you can't argue with yeah. that yeah, I mean, you know, the quality of that second goal was uh, <laughs> Dubrovka. I mean, I was watching a replay of it earlier today. I mean, it's just a huge mistake uh, from Dubrovka. I, I really don't know. Uh, I mean, okay. I mean, it was it was definitely a big mistake. It's a, you know, any world class keeper should make that save, but it is kind of tricky. The angle was interesting. Kind of, I don't know if you've seen the replay recently yeah, or sure. if you remember the. Oh, I, I watch but, it uh, every hour on the hour, Josh. <laughs> But he kind of – it's like he, he cuts through a bunch of Newcastle defenders kind of like from an angle on the side. And so it is a little tricky, I suppose. There was traffic in front of him. But yeah, um, yeah he's got to make that I safe. think that's a very fair point. But I don't – I at the same time don't want to split hairs there with – you know, good players will continue to take these shots. And yes. you know, you, 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 I, son, I, son will take these shots and they will get through uh, – I, I don't think that can really diminish his qual his quality as an FPL asset or a player. Yeah, I think that's fair. But I just, I mean, I'll, just to throw a little cold water on him for a second. I mean, you know, he's, you know, he, it's the 85th minute. He scores a very lucky goal, and we get about 13 questions asking whether he's like essential <laughs> when he was about to like leave the pitch with three points, you know, instead yep. of 11. Yeah, so, I, I, mean, I, I you know, think. Yeah, I think we're converging in on the same point in. in in that uh, he is not essential, but he has all the qualities of a great player for your FPL team. Sure. So, so therefore, my conclusion is don't tear your team up for him, but mm-hmm. I think he's a great target in the midterm. Yeah, I mean, it's possible I go from Sané to uh, from Sané to Son in game week 27. Um, yeah, I think that's yeah, do a little hokey-cokey. Reasonable, reasonable move. Or maybe just, just keep him. I mean, I don't know, like... He's good, and uh, I don't really mind having him for Chelsea and Arsenal. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, those those teams aren't playing particularly good defense right now. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, it's a, it's something to think about anyway. Okay, next question comes from Juan Aguitos. I am thinking about bringing in Rondon for Rashford in game weeks twenty seven to twenty eight, 
as a low risk differential. What do you think? Oh, and you got to read it with the second question here, Brandon. And the second question comes from Suran Linnet, who asks, how can you not rate Rondon at this point? 5.7 mil, decent fixtures, and genuinely a joy to watch. What do you think? Genuinely a joy to watch. <laughs> well, a- a- as I can tell from Soren Linnet's name, he is Venezuelan. So that explains why he loves watching yeah. Rondon so much. Is that amazing? That, that, that Venezuelan... Uh, uh, Northern European connection is incredible, isn't Huge. it? It's I a real this. pipeline. Yeah, it's a real pipeline. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't mind Ron. I don't like his kind of dumb mustache, and you know, it's, <laughs> like it's fun that he's Movember having like a little was, bit of was uh, ages ago. Rondon, come on. Here's the thing about uh, Rondon: yeah. is yeah, yeah, he is a joy to watch. Uh, I, I mean, he's he's played on some miserable teams. Um, you know, the, I'm sorry, West Brom. Uh, supporters out there but uh my my issue with rondon is you're really playing him hardcore as a differential because i i think most people's teams would be set up to ingest jimenez who we talked about earlier as having just an absolute legendary price value season in fpl and marcus rashford who i think we're going to talk a little bit more about coming up i don't really see a spot up front for me for rondon unless i'm chasing yeah, I think it's – but let's say you are. I mean, let's say um, – and so, you know, um, the question from Juan Aguitos was about uh, dropping Rashford for two weeks. Uh, I, I guess it depends on whether – like if you have a lot of money built into Rashford because he's, he's risen a lot, you know, over the last few games, then maybe I don't do it. But let's say you've only had him for a week or two. Um, and the real issue to me is I just don't trust Newcastle's attack. I mean, yeah, the the fixtures are good. I mean, they play Huddersfield and Burnley at home, back-to-back fixtures. As we just talked about, possibly captainable fixture then for somebody on Newcastle uh, when they play Huddersfield at home. But I just don't trust them to get more than one goal in any game. I mean, I guess they scored two on Man City. But in general, it has not been a very inspiring season. I mean, maybe... Um, maybe Miguel Almiron just completely transforms them. I, I don't know. I mean, he's not really at match fitness yet. So yeah. And, and Juan, I'd love to talk about this more on the slack with you, but I, I don't really see why Rashford is, uh, not a, not a decent pick for game weeks, 27 and 28 Liverpool are what they are. They're a fantastic team, but their defense is really, um, not been standout the last three to four weeks. And I, uh, given, you know, it's it's kind of a clash of a team that's falling out of form with Liverpool and a team with United that's fully on the upswing, playing very positive football. And I I am I would be very happy to play Rashford against Liverpool and then Crystal Palace after that. Fine, great. I think these are still decent fixtures to play a guy who is that much in form. It's seven returns in ten matches for Rashford. So yeah, you know, I, yeah, I and he's, he's connecting so well with Pogba. Mm-hmm. Uh, just I guess final question then: true or false? Marcus, not Marcus Rashford. Actually, I'll ask you about both. Marcus Rashford, is he a genuinely a joy to watch? So, yeah, we. I think like every time Marcus Rashford scores a goal, somebody tweets at us about how I came out and, and decried that Marcus Rashford was a boring vanilla player. Um, <laughs> yep. It's yeah, okay. Very loudly on the podcast. It's okay to change your mind. and That's uh, true. That's true. I still, I guess my issue with uh, Marcus Rashford is from a brand management standpoint. Like if I'm a, if I'm a, um, a chief executive there up in the Nike offices in Portland, Oregon, I don't know. Rashford doesn't just doesn't scream um, 
amazing giant fathead poster uh, sort of guy. <laughs> okay. Uh, He's doubling down. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> this is all because I accidentally said Marcus Rashford instead of Bruce instead of Solomon Rondon. Who's <laughs> Bruce Rondon? Is that a person? <laughs> <laughs> I would like to meet this Bruce Rondon. <laughs> oh, Bruce Rondon is a uh, yeah, he's a Venezuelan baseball pitcher. So um, anyway, uh, Brandon, the, just the second part of the question then is Solomon Rondon a genuine joy to watch? Yes or no? Simple question. Yeah, I mean, okay, yes or I, no, Brandon? Yes, I, I love I love Rondon's whole freewheeling freewheeling <laughs> attitude. Look at him. He's just like a big beefcake out there. And uh, you got the you know, weedy Rashford who's trying to cover up for yeah. his weediness with the lines in his hair. Mm-hmm. You love all those ex Shakhtar players anyway. You know, Williams the same way. You, know, you, won't, you won't stop. Uh, all right, Brandon, quick Man City slash Liverpool corner. We haven't talked too much about the actual players on these two teams. Right? Mostly because it's like it's kind of boring, right? We've talked about them a lot like on you know the previous you know 35,000 podcasts. Uh, Secret FPL player says Man City's fixtures after blank game week 27 are West Ham, Bournemouth, Watford, Man United, Fulham, and Cardiff. Wow, the double – Captable thing there at the end, Brandon. Mm-hmm. Is it sensible to hold and bench at least one city asset in game week 27? Yes, I agree. Yes, I agree too. Maybe two. Byron Brew says, How long until the decomposing corpse of Trent Alexander Arnold is discovered by the police under Jurgen Klopp's patio? My goodness. I would guess about two weeks. He's never returned from that injury, right? I'm watching the Ted Bundy documentary on Netflix right now. So this question actually did strike a chord with me, and I find it Mm -hmm. very disturbing. Well, it struck a chord with me, too, actually, because um, I'm a Michigan State basketball fanatic, and uh, Josh Lankford, their shooting guard, had a kind of Trent Alexander-Arnold-esque injury where he was just – he got injured in this very innocuous way uh, in this game, like in the first half of the game in January, and he walked up, and he's like, ah, that's okay. And then all of a sudden, a week later, it's walking boot. And then it's like, nobody knows what's happening. And then it's like, oh, he's he's fine, but it's just a couple weeks off. And then last week came out, nope, done for the season. <laughs> so I will not actually believe that Trent Alexander-Arnold is healthy until I've – what's amazing is he's been on my bench for three weeks in a row now. He's just like taking up space in my team. But Your, um, your bench I, is this metaphorical patio that Byron Brewer is talking about. <laughs> exactly. So I, I really want him to come back. I want to start him in that Bournemouth path. Liverpool very clearly need him to play. Yeah. Um, it's it's a weird I, – I wish he was – yeah, it's a weird – but I don't really know what's going on, right? It's just like he's been close. He's close. He's close. But we haven't yep. seen him on the pitch or anything, right? Has he even been training? Yeah, the latest uh, quote from Klopp was on February 1st where he said that Trent's getting better and better – He's really close, and I hope he's in full training next week, but not for Monday. So, yeah, there's still hasn't been seen at full training, and uh, yeah, it's a mystery. So we'll see. Uh, final Man City Liverpool corner question, Brandon. Emma FPL says, should we switch to two Liverpool attack instead of two defense? Uh, I'm kind of good on Liverpool right now. Uh, Robertson yeah. and Salah, that's, that's a lot of money. And... Um, for for the performances that they've been putting in, I I don't know. A I don't think I have the courage to move off of Salah. Uh, no, I don't either. I'm be, just I'm just going to accept the 13.6 million hole in my team and <laughs> just you know he's so highly owned. It's like whatever yeah. you know. Yeah. It just doesn't matter. I didn't know I'd miss diving Salah so much. 
Yeah, I know exactly. Yeah, I think I got his head probably a little bit. All this yeah. diving talk. I, I don't even think he was diving, but that's a separate conversation. Yeah, I mean, uh, Firmino in particular is uh, – it's like he did not have a good game today. Yep. He wasn't good the week before. Um, he's got to figure it out. And I, I saw – I think it was the FPL editor or something, uh, the fix editor, shared um, – like it was like his like, like I don't know if it was like a heat map or like his average position, and he was behind like seven other players in Liverpool. It was like his average position like the last couple of game weeks. Like behind is, Joel Matip, he was far behind Allison. Wow, it was incredible. Yeah, man in, the in the stands. The man in the stands. So uh, yeah, Firmino's got to figure it out. I mean, Mane is obviously playing pretty well. I, I think the bench is the problem. I mean, the power cube has been going out there and just. Awful. Oh, he's been he terrible. He stunk up. it up against yeah. West Ham. It was he was just strolling in the park. What was going he's done on? Done that a few times. I know exactly. So uh, they yeah they need their bench to come through a little bit more. I mean obviously if you're relying on Divac Origi, something is not quite clicking there. So anyway, let's move on. Brandon Alex Martinez says is three wolves too many wolves for the coming month? Mm, too many wolves. Um, I don't know. I I don't think there's a a correct answer to this one because the thing with your third wolf uh would probably be a budget player like a bennett or there is there is a I, and i know alex is uh zeroing in on matinho as well possibly and mm-hmm. we were talking about matinho on saturday where he's like kind of now people are starting to notice that he's been under the radar just like crushing right. it with assists the last five game weeks yeah. So I can I can see the logic to it. For me, it's like Wolves and Liverpool are on the same level. Like I'm good with two. And uh I mean gone are the days of doubling up on the Wolves defense. I think you just need I, odd I, defensive I mean, cover there. But honestly, looking looking ahead, I mean I see three three of the next four fixtures, I feel pretty confident doubling up on the Wolves defense. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Newcastle at home, Cardiff at home and Huddersfield away. Um Decent chance of clean sheets in those yeah, matches. One clean sheet really changes your tune on the Wolves' defense. <laughs> well, we'll see. I, I didn't. I, I did start Gaita over. I, Gaita coming back and playing uh, was another one of those stroke of luck that we talked about earlier because um, uh, it is so having like a, a four point two million keeper who actually plays is. Uh, I mean, that guy is going to be in like everybody's wildcard team. I think. Yeah, game week thirty one or whatever. Next question is from Mike DiPietro. He says, which new kid on the block is the best one? Uh, I think we both think that it's, uh, it's Donnie. Donnie Wahlberg, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We both responded like in unison there. Donnie, obviously. <laughs> uh, he's he also seen the sixth sense. He, he's so good he, in that. He also says, which new kid on the block forward is the best value? Uh, Gonzo, Batman. This this Bachelorette Batman thing, I don't know. I don't know if I like it. Feels that new. is that uh, is some that? serious copyright infringement on, on Bachwise's <laughs> part. Uh, or Crouch, uh, it says one in each price bracket makes this interesting to me. Uh, when you and I were talking on Saturday, I had not yet seen what Bachwise's price was, uh, mm-hmm. and I said, "Oh, did you see what he came in at?" And you said six point five million, and like, I think my hair stood up. I was like, "Yeah, you I, did one of those Looney Tune cartoons, like your tongue unrolled out of your mouth and your <laughs> eyes popped out of your head." I was, I mean, that is such a great price for him. I, yeah, I, yeah. Yeah. I, it's fantastic. I think there's something to be said for all three of these guys, right? I mean, um, sure. Higuain at 9.5, he, he's an interesting prospect once you get to game week 29 when 
Chelsea has Fulham, then Wolves and Everton in, in the next three. And that's yeah. right around the time that things start to sour for Aubameyang. So that's right. an interesting cost saving move right there. And, you know, sure. um, I, I and I also like that that gives us more time to assess how he's fitting into Chelsea because that Huddersfield match, even though he uh, Higuain and Hazard really came off, it's it's hard to judge the quality of a match of of a. It's hard to judge a quality of a club playing against Huddersfield, which exactly. then get, gets us to Bachwai, as you say, great value at six point five, and I can see him being an interesting differential going along with the conversation we were having about Rondon. And then you get to Peter Crouch, who is going to be a Kamara-esque figure. I I can't imagine that Crouchy gets many starts for Burnley, but I think he's a guy that you can count on getting 10 to 15 minutes. He played 14 minutes in uh, this game week. So it's just he's bench fodder, but somebody that you know who can just come and score on a set piece at the last moment of the game. Yeah, I mean, uh, I guess he's like a decent Kamara replacement, right? Like, yeah. I yep. mean, you're going to get not, literally nothing from Kamara. Yeah, no, yeah, exactly. Yes, then yeah. this is what I'm arguing, that you you don't yeah. bring in Crouch thinking you're going to start him. Just bring him sure. in knowing that you have someone who has a mod- modest amount of potential sitting on your bench. No, I totally agree with that. Uh, all right, Brandon, uh, final question. Uh, FPL drummer says, hi, guys. Hopefully I'm not too late for a question. But is the clean sheet dead? Yeah, clean sheet's still dead. Clean sheets are dead. Long live the clean sheet. Clean sheets are dead. Brandon, Game Week 26 kicks off on Saturday. You and I, we've been trying to work out a strategy uh, for how to watch these matches. We are going to be on a train to Yale for the soccer conference that we mentioned on last week's podcast in the morning. Uh, Matches on all day. Do you think they're going to have them on anywhere? Like. (laughs) <laughs> it's not really for fans, right? So probably not. No, I don't know. No, no, I, 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 I do wonder. I mean, our friend uh, Tyro Aruda, who we had an interview with at the end of last podcast, he does seem like a proper football fan, and he's thinking about you know his guests. There maybe there mm-hmm. will be some sort of TV somewhere. I don't want to sell him short. Maybe a, a small one, like an old cathode ray, like with a big, like a, <laughs> yeah. like, a like a wood panel TV. Like yeah, a so picture Josh and I at Yale University next weekend. In one hand, we're watching these matches on our mobile devices, and with the other <laughs> hand, we are absolutely hustling with our business cards. So. <laughs> uh, but I mean, the, one of the biggest matches of, whew, I mean, maybe ever in the Premier League is um, is Saturday afternoon. Um, we got Brighton Burnley. Uh-huh. Um, title decider. I mean, is it is it is is game week twenty six too early to say title decider? I don't know. That's I'll leave that one to you. Well, it decides. Does it decide the title or does it decide the future? Full stop. Ah, that's true. Everything hinges on. Yeah. All right. So everyone wants yeah. to know who are we going to captain in game week twenty seven? Is it going to be Mo Salah right. at home to Bournemouth, or is it going to be Aubameyang yeah. away to Huddersfield? Okay, this is lame, but I'm glad that they're playing at the same time. Like mm-hmm. if if Aubameyang was playing on Saturday and Salah was playing the Monday game, it would be very hard to captain Aubameyang over Salah. I know that that's you know being emotional, but the, if Aubameyang blanked and then you had to wait two days to see what Salah did, that would be like almost almost too much to to handle. Yeah, yeah. My curiosity is, um, you know, there's a whole brigade out there, justifiably so, that's set and forget with Salah. Mm-hmm. I want to know how much this fix, this Huddersfield fixture is going to move the needle 
in terms of bringing yeah. the captaincy away from Salah. Well, it's like you already broke the chain for most people, you know, by captaining. Uh, I mean, it helped that Salah didn't go off today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like for, you know, I mean, it, it would have been one thing if for for um, for uh, Sonnen had to start. But if Salah had like scored like a brace or something, that would have been brutal. You know, yeah. as, it, as it is super highly owned, not captured by that many people this game week. Him blanking was kind of like a whatever sort of moment. I think he'll do something in this Bournemouth match. I, I just think it's possible that Aubameyang does more. Yeah. You know, I mean, I don't think it's a situation where one blanks and the other one goes off. I think it's just, you know, could you get 17 points from Aubameyang yeah. and 11 from Salah? Like, I know yeah. those are those are both massive scores, but I, I think that's that kind of – those kind of numbers are in play. The other matches, I mean, does anyone stand out to you? There's nothing that I'm, like, super excited about looking over these fixtures. Sure. I mean, we talked briefly about Sun, and he's home to Leicester, and Leicester's defense has been pretty dicey. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it's an interesting differential. Um, but that aside, listen, Josh, have we? You're, you're just skirting around this great stat that you uncovered for this episode <laughs> of Always Cheating. And yeah. the two most informed players right now, Paul Pogba. Okay, so Marcus Rashford has only blanked three out of the last ten matches. Mm-hmm. Paul Pogba has only blanked two. Uh, these yep. guys are in scorching hot form. And mm-hmm. Fulham are just absolutely dreadful in the back. So yeah. if it's not... If it's not Mo and if it's not Abba, it has to be. I think Pogba is the way to go there if you're going to target Manchester hmm. United. Yeah, I think Rashford's reasonable. I mean, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I, I think they're both. I, I actually might lean slightly more towards Rashford, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think they're both just because Pogba seems to rely more on penalties to score goals. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think they're both. I think they're both uh, reasonable picks. If we want to, you know, anywhere else, I mean, we have, you know, so we have Arsenal, Huddersfield, Liverpool, Bournemouth, um, you know, Lacazette would be a possible person you could consider captaining if you yeah. had him in your squad. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know. What about um, Spurs, Leicester, Sun, maybe, Man City, Chelsea? The Man City, Chelsea one is kind of like a just play who you've got. You know, I'm just going to play Sané in that match. And it's, too, it's too unpredictable. I, I Certainly yeah, considering yeah. what Bournemouth was able to do against Chelsea, that's your case to captain Aguero mm-hmm. or a Man City mid. But yeah, uh, I would agree with you. It's just not compelling enough. It's not predictable enough. Well, Brian, you talked about informed players playing Fulham and Man United. I mean, what about Jan Bednarak at home to Cardiff? Would you consider captaining for that fixture? He's one of the more informed players in the league. Bednarak, what a what a legend! I, you know, he. There has been so many so many events that have conspired against me leading up to this double game week, and Bednarak <laughs> is was definitely on the short list. If I was not playing the double game week, he'd be in. All right. Mm-hmm. Here's the alternate timeline, right? I don't have a double game week to play, and I, I give one, yet one more fixture to Eden Hazard. I also yep. bring in Jan Bednarak. Maybe you Captain Hazard. Possible. Uh, yes. Yeah. That 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 is very possible. Yeah. But uh, I'm glad to see Bednarak finally getting his due. What a wonderful player. We all love him. <laughs> we all like we all like Bednarak. Yeah. Still only four million. Uh, Brennan, that's the podcast. Pretty short this week. Not too bad. Not too bad. I feel good that we let, we let off a lot of steam for our listeners. Uh, and, yeah. you know, who knows what the story is going to be after Wednesday's City-Everton fixture. 
Uh, it's my turn to do kitchen table sessions this week. So I'm going to jump on our Patreon exclusive supporters feed to do a kitchen table sesh, uh, probably on Thursday night. Talk a little bit more about the weekend's fixtures and what transpired after City Everton. So, yeah, any any predictions for that match? Um, geez, I mean, uh, yeah, my prediction is that Aguero doesn't start, mm. and I will predict that Sane scores a goal in that match. I I predict that by the time Wednesday's match is over, the discrepancy between Sane and Aguero isn't nearly as bad. I think Aguero maybe comes on, gets one point. And I think Sonny ends up with 10 or 11 points, and suddenly you're looking at 18 points versus 10 or something like that, and not nearly as dire. Yeah, there'll be a fair amount of hand-rigging leading up to that uh, team sheet announcement. So, yeah, we uh, we will wait with bated breath. All right, time mm-hmm. to sign off. Uh, again, if you want to check out our Patreon page, support the podcast, get access to exclusive episodes, just visit patreon.com slash alwayscheating. Quick thank you to our producers. Mike DiPietro, Stephen Toomey, Sam Street, Jacob Roberts, Carl Rasmus, Lini Granley, Chris Howell, Raphael Khan, Martin Savage, Rick Brailsford, Jim Payne, Adam Benjamin, Max Chamberlain, Brian T., Trevor Ingerson, Chris Carter, to Big Gaffer, Danny Evans, Babus Kuhn, Tor Furland, Sven Gorn Husby, and also his uh, brother, Thurston Husby III, Ben Grant, James Holland, and Matt Ritter. Josh, where can people find the podcast? They can find the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Clat. Google Play and Acast, uh, Google Class, I think is what I was trying to say. The Google Classroom. Right? That's the, that's the, uni- the Google's uh, university extension, Google Class. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, if you would like to review our podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you listen to the podcast, we have like one Stitcher review. <laughs> so if you are on <laughs> Stitcher and you want to review us, that would be awesome. Uh, if you're, you know, if, if you listen to Spotify and you want to listen to the podcast that way we are subscribable on spotify it's if you want to keep your music in your podcast in the same place you could do that um but uh, if you're just a standard apple podcast listener uh, as as i am personally um please jump school. on to i'm or whatever i'm just i'm normal you know i'm a normie <laughs> um just uh jump on and uh give us a you know if you give us even just a short review that would be fantastic we'd really appreciate it uh, you can also follow the podcast on Twitter. We're at Hail Cheaters. That's H-A-I-L Cheaters. Uh, Instagram, we're also at Hail Cheaters. Facebook is facebook.com slash alwayscheating. You can email us, hailcheaters at gmail.com. And if you've missed all of this and want to see what's going on with us or message us or, or just see all the podcasts we've ever recorded, uh, go to alwayscheating.com. All right, Josh. Uh, wow. Okay. Hail Poku, I guess. Yeah, hail all of the people on the Always Cheating t-shirt who are no longer in the league anymore. Oh, that's true. Folks folks going to Stoke City means (laughs) we're officially without any talisman in the Premier League. So who – everyone wants to know who's next. Who will be the next to get the talisman treatment? (laughs) You know what? If if Juan Mata actually leaves and goes to another club within the Premier League, I think he can become a talisman, right? Mm -hmm. If like – if Juan Mata is – like an attacking midfielder for Burnley next season, like he can become an always cheating talisman. I think that's, I think that's reasonable. Yeah. I, I don't know. Is he weird enough? I, I'm thinking more in the Ken Seema vein of things. I, I think it's, <laughs> I think it's Seema time. <laughs> that is a good question. Yeah. All right. Let us know who are we missing? Who should be a new always cheating talisman? They've got to be weird. They can't be good. But they, they have, also to have, have to be likable. 
they have to have a funny name or a name that is punnable. That, those are very important parts of it. Uh, but yeah, they can't be good. That's really the, that's really the biggest <laughs> part. It's, it's no fun to root for a player who's already good and has a lot of fans. <laughs> All right, Hell Sima. Hail <laughs> uh, Burley's Juan Mata. Nice. Okay. <laughs> Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.